We follow a lot of things in our life, um, whether it be, you know, people, uh, rules, laws, those things like that. So today, Zach and I are going to be talking a little bit about how um, we should actually follow uh, and lead to balance um, out the plans that God has for each and every one of us. Um, And also how following and leading can bring us to a place of unity and working together to accomplish His will, right? And uh, His will concerning the body of believers. Um, And oftentimes we forget about that. We forget that, um, that we are really one in the Spirit. Remember that song when you were back in the 70s? One in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. We are. We are one. We are one body, one group of people who should come together to accomplish the things that God has planned for not just our church and not just our city, but the globe. And so uh, too often times we are, are fractioned and we're away from what God wants us to do. And so, uh, so Zach and I are going to talk about that. And uh, he's sitting over there for right now. I'm going to open us in prayer. And um, that is what you're talking about though, right? Oh, great. Great. All right, let's pray. God, we love you so much. And uh, Lord, I know we've been silly uh, this morning, but um, really right now, God, I just pray that each and every one of us would just focus our attention on you. It's not about the words that I speak. It's not about the words that Zach speaks. But God, it's about what you want to speak to each and every one of our hearts. And Lord, as we uh, as we have fun with this, Lord, I pray that you would help us to... to um, Take away and, and let the things fall away that don't need to be uh, kept in our mind, but to remember the things that you speak to us. So God, use this message, use your words, um, God, to speak to each and every one of us as we strive to be uh, better believers, people who will follow you um, wholeheartedly in all that we do, individually and as a community together. Father, we can just give this time to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, in just a little bit, uh, Zach is going to be talking out of Ephesians chapter 4, um, and uh, I've got a couple other verses I'm going to start us off with and just see how all this comes together. God is always good, and uh, we trust Him, and that, that this is all going to mesh together and make a lot of sense. So, the first one um, is, uh, is Proverbs 16, 9. It says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. The heart of man plans his way. Think about that for just a second. How many of you, when you wake up in the morning, you've already got the day figured out? Anybody? You've already kind of figured out what you're going to do that day. I'm going to wear these at this this these clothes. I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to eat this for breakfast. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to get all these things done. And that's what we do, right? We plan out our day. We plan our way. That's our heart. That's what we, you know, we like to do. Now, some of you, maybe you're just the opposite. Maybe you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing today. You wake up and you just kind of figure it out as you go along, okay? But a lot of people, we plan ahead and, uh, and we, we, we plan our way. But the Lord establishes his steps. In other words, the way we should be living is that yeah, we can have plans and all that. That's great. But really, the, lo- the Lord should be the one establishing the steps that we take to make that plan happen. And so, um, 
you know, we've all got plans. Uh, you know, just like a little while ago when we did follow the leader. That was silly. It was goofy, whatever. But here's the thing. I had a plan of, well, I really didn't, but I should have better. Uh, I had a plan of what I was going to do, right? And you had to follow me. You had to do what I had to do. Or you had to do what Zach uh, made you do, which is whipping Nene, which nobody should ever do that again, ever. Please. Remember when dabbing was big? Yeah, my daughter taught me all about that. And I don't even really know the, the whole thing, but she knows when you're like, ah, you know, like that, you know. I'm glad that that is gone, okay? I'm also glad that the mullet is gone. Although my wife would think, you know, still things that, seems to think that I would like to have a mullet again, but I couldn't pull it off. I just don't have any more on top. Uh, you know, or, or uh, the, the Running Man or the Roger Rabbit. Those were all things that, you know, should be gone now. And some people are looking at me like, what are you talking about? Uh, these are dance moves. My wife will show you later. Okay. Stacy, why don't you come on up and show them right now? She is probably hiding somewhere else. Anyways, uh, we, we make all these plans and, and, uh, and, and we have to lead and, and we have to follow sometimes. And sometimes following somebody can make you look really ridiculous, especially if they're doing something really ridiculous. And that's really why we should follow God and not follow just man, right? And so... Um, I know that, you know, doing this follow the leader thing, you were following me. You were following a person. And I was leading you uh, in strange things. Zach was leading you in strange things. And that can happen in life, too. If we follow man instead of following God, we can be led down the wrong path. We can be led the wrong way. We can be led off of the plan that God has for us. That established steps that he has for you, if you're following somebody else and not him, can lead you off of his steps for you. And, and how often do we, that? You know, do, do we do that? I know I do it a lot. I like to do things uh, my way sometimes. Anybody else like to do things your way? All of us do, right? From time to time, we all like to just do things our way. It's like, hey, it's my day. It's my way. Leave me alone. I'm going to, you know, just chill out today. This is, this is my day. I like to be comfortable. Um, I don't always want to be challenged. And I think that most of us are probably like that too. Kind of like this guy, right? How many of you can relate to that guy? It doesn't have to be a guy. It can be a lady too. Some of you have this big comfy chair. Maybe it's a couch. Maybe it's your bed. Maybe it's a beanbag chair. I don't know. But you all have this one place that you can go where you are the king or the queen and nobody else can bother you. You get the remote or the newspaper or the favorite book or the iPad or whatever at that moment. You are the king. It's all about you in that moment. And most of us probably have something like that. At least we would like to if we don't, right? And it feels good to be the king for a little while, right? And, and I know for me, when I get to do what I want to do, I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I like to do this. I like to go do this or go do that and, and not have to worry about other people and have to you know, deal with issues in life and all those things, right? And it feels good. But then God comes up and he says, hey, John. I need you to go do something. Oh, come on, man. I just sat down to watch Teletubbies. Really? Or whatever it is, you know? And uh, I just sat down to do something that I wanted to do. But then God says, you know what? I need you to call such and such because um, they're having a hard day. 
and you need to talk to them on the phone and maybe go meet with them for coffee or whatever. And just listen and see how you can help. And I'm like, but God, I've got my own problems. I don't want to do that, right? And so often we, we get so caught up in our own, like what I want to do for myself that we forget that there's a lot of other people going through a lot of other things. And so God will challenge us to get up and to do the things that he wants us to do. When I think about this community of people, this church, Desperation Church, I look around and I see a lot of faces that I've seen for a long time and some faces that I haven't seen for a long time, like you're you're newer here. And then I see, or I don't see, faces that I used to see. And so there's this... It's like, a, it's like a living organism, right? People come, people go. People leave. People actually pass away. People are born. And so we get this, this living organism of a community of people. And this community of people, um, the hope and the prayer is that we are, are one. That we are a group of people that, yes, we come from all different backgrounds. We come from all different walks of life. Some of you in this room have been a believer since you were a baby or a a small child. Some of you in this room are still seeking to figure out what that means to be a believer. Some of you in this room have money. Some of you in this room don't have money. Some of you in this room have A thousand friends on Facebook. Some of you don't even know what Facebook is. Some of you in this room have it pretty easy in life. Some of you struggle every day. Some of you are healthy. And some of you, some of us, are not. So we're all different in a lot of different ways. But we're also very similar Because we are part of the body of Christ. And I used to think about it like this, that, you know, uh, individually, if you think about it individually, like, you know, maybe you're the elbow and I'm the big toe or the little toe or the finger or whatever. But really, when I think about it in the the concept of, of us as a body, we're all one part. There's a lot of different churches all over Liberty. And each one serves different purposes and and for different reasons. Just like Desperation Church. God has called this church, this community of people from all over the area to come to this place to serve His purpose. His purposes. And so when we come together like that, we're all in unity and we're all trying to find the same things. And so even though we all come from different backgrounds, we have some things in common. We're all seeking Jesus. Unless you got dragged here today by somebody and you don't want to be here at all, then most of us are here because we're seeking Jesus. We're seeking deeper relationship with the Messiah, the one who came and died for each and every one of us. Or we're searching for purpose. Maybe in life you're not fulfilled with your job. Or with relationships that you have. And so you're here because you're searching for purpose. You're trying to figure out what is it that God has for me? What can I do 
to further his kingdom? What can I do? What do I have to offer as, a, as an individual to this body that can help this body grow? Or to help this body accomplish the things that God wants it to accomplish. And so we're searching for purpose. We're also looking for ways to serve others. You know, each and every one of us has different gifts and talents and, and abilities. And so maybe you're here because you're like, man, I really want to do this. I really want to like hang out and, and, and help people, you know. And so maybe God has you working in the coffee bar serving coffee because you know that otherwise everybody else in here would be asleep right now, right? Or that they just need help waking up. But they just need a smiling face to see. Or maybe the people that are over serving in the nursery right now, or maybe you're one of those people that serves over there from time to time. You're there because you want to serve other people. You want to serve those little ones, first of all, because God wants us to do that. But you also want to do it so parents can come in here and get fed spiritually so they can be better parents. And so we go over there and we serve. So we serve in different ways. Or maybe we're trying to find love. And I don't mean that you're here because you're like single, like, hey, I got to find me a you know, hot wife, right? I don't mean it that way. Okay, now if that's your only reason you're in church, that's the wrong reason, okay? It's okay if you're single and, and, and you're in church. It's actually the best place to find a spouse, okay? I'm just saying, that is the truth, all right? But you're trying to find love. Maybe the relationships that you have at work or in your neighborhood or even in your own family are not satisfying. Maybe they're hurtful instead of loving. And so we come... And, and we come into a community like this to find love in our life because everybody wants to be loved. I don't care how hardcore someone thinks they are. They just want to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. And so these are some things that we have in common. And when I look back at, at, uh, at Proverbs sixteen nine, you know, it's really easy for me to read that first part of the sentence, the heart of man plans his way, because I can believe that with my whole heart, that first part, because that's what I, I do too often, right? Um, but, but I know it's true me. However, the second part, this is how I want to live. The Lord establishes his steps. I want God to establish every single step that I take. Every day. Now, do I do that? No, because I'm too busy making my own plans and doing my own thing. But God wants to establish my steps. He wants to establish your steps. Let's look back at the early church for just a minute. In Acts uh, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, it says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles. I want to stop for a second. That word awe. That's a pretty powerful word when you think about it in the context. It's not like awe. It's not that at all. Okay? It's awe in something is so grand and so beautiful and so awesome and so miraculous that there's really no other words to say except for, wow, that I'm like, I'm in awe. I can't, I can't even fathom how awesome this is. And so the people said that awe came upon their soul. And that many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. So these people were coming together and they devoted themselves to all these things, to teaching, to fellowship, to having communion together and to praying together. And then awe was upon them because of all the awesome things that God was doing among them. And this is, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And I know I used this uh, this part portion of Scripture, I don't know, a few months ago in, a, in another message. But this is a perfect model of what um, I think God kind of intended for the church to be. It wasn't just, hey, let's just meet together on Sundays and Wednesday nights and, and uh, have a little church service, right? It, it was about coming together as a people and serving one another and loving one another and being unified together and actually building community. And that is exactly what we would love to see in this place. And it, it does happen from time to time. I mean, you know, we do have these opportunities that we provide as a church, but how this happens a lot of time is through you. You'll invite someone over for, dun- for lunch or for dinner, uh, or you'll start a small group or a Bible study at someone's house, or uh, you'll, you'll gather together and meet at a park or whatever to have a time together where you can just love on each other and have unity together. And when this kind of thing happens, it says that day by day, those who are being saved, God was adding to, to this community of believers. And so... What that means for us as a church, I'm not just talking about people being in this, these seats. I'm talking about people's lives being transformed, not because of a message or because of worship up here, but because of how we live our lives in unity together. And so often, the, uh, the church in America is so divided over so many ridiculously minute things, it people's... People see that and they say, huh, okay, well, if they can't even get their act together, why do I want to be a part of that? I don't have any desire to be a part of something that is fractured, that is broken, that is not serving each other like God wants us to serve each other. And so it's, it's, it's a model of, of how we should live. And, uh, and they were in unity. They were one in the spirit. Um, and, and so my question is, is it truly possible for us to live like this? I believe here at Desperation Church, um, our desire is to let God establish our steps. And all of us individually make up this community of one. So I'm going to have Zach come, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit more about Ephesians chapter 4 and, uh, and how that looks um, for us as believers as well. Thanks, John. Let's give him a hand. got my awesome coffee cup it says this coffee is making me awesome it's not coffee though <laughs> you might want to explain that <laughs> only at desperation church um it is water it's good um so those of you who don't know me, I am Zach Beeler. I am the uh, director of student ministries. You know some of those guys up there. Um, and so what that means uh, is that I get to hang out with these guys a lot. And we have just a tiny bit of fun. Just 
just a little bit of fun. So a concern that's regularly brought um, to use, and it's no mystery, is just how how clicky um, you know teenagers can be. You know, and that if we just got them to come together, that the world would begin to see the benefits of community, and they would grow to learn and they'd play a vital role in that community. Um, teens, youth, I, I have to let you down a little bit here. Because that concern uh, is one that adults still work to figure out. So as parents, grandparents, neighbors, in our communities, we have our pockets. And sometimes we leave out others. Sometimes we're left out. You know, and, and so if that's true, that we're left out, would you say that unity and fellowship are something that we are seeking, should be seeking. If you look around, do you see others participating in that unity and fellowship? So if God's ordering our steps and calling us to unity, we then have an opportunity to respond. So God's ordering our steps and calling us to unity. So for us to be in that unity, we must first submit to him as the head. We have to place ourselves under him. So we place our lives, we give him authority, and we submit our desires to him. Jesus then dictates how we live our life. So I want to talk about Paul. So he wrote a letter to the Ephesians. And he was directing them to find their their righteousness through Christ. And it was calling them to unity and to grow under the leading of Christ. So I'm going to read uh, where it picks up in chapter 4, verse 14. So we will then no longer be infants tossed about every wind of teaching at the mercy of people clever in devising ways to deceive. Instead, people... Or, I'm sorry, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in every respect grow up into him who is the head, the Messiah. Under his control, the whole body is being fitted and held together by the support of every joint, with each part working to fulfill its function. This is how the body grows and builds itself up in love. So we're growing our head into the body. So I look at this guy. And I get this really funny picture in my head, right? So, if you know the connotation to this image, forget about it for a second. (laughs) So, I had this image in my mind that, you know, if we're placing ourselves under the head, it's a very large head. Um, They can have like one person is a little arm, and you have one person that's part of the, you know, the torso, and one person that's the leg. And you have these people that are just like people sticking out of that head, you know, that as we continually place ourselves under them and stay under Jesus's head, we begin to grow into a full formed body. So we're, and then before when we're kind of figuring out how to do that, we're coming out of a time where we don't fully understand, you know, who, who Jesus is. Or what he's teaching us. And now, once we place ourselves under that authority, under that submission, we're entering into communion and community under his head. 
so that we can grow. The whole body now is being fitted and held together, like in that verse we just read. And by what? It's by the support of every joint. And each part is working to fulfill its function. So what that is, that's me and that's you. Working together, coordinating as God made us. Working to support every joint. We are in unity when we're participating in God's work and kingdom to help the body work together. So to illustrate, I want you to imagine someone throwing a fastball without a forearm. Okay, so it's just the shoulder, just the bicep, then you have wrist and hand. So it kind of looks like that. You wouldn't be very fast. So that ball is nothing close to what a fastball is going to be. It's as, a, as effective as a body of Christ not working together with parts missing. And, uh, you know, this is what I would call um, T-Rex pitching. <laughs> so we can take that illustration further, too. So imagine someone says, you know what? T-Rex arms can throw, can throw some heat. Really? Tell me more about this. So they explain to you how if you do the right flip and somersault and twirl, you can throw heat. So we kind of think about that and in the physics and the amount of leverage you need. And if you know anything about pitching, it takes a lot of body movement, not just your arm, to get that thing to go fast. So how do we know? What do we do with that? So when we're connected to the head and the body of Christ, when our lives are submitted to him, we have a guide. We have a reference to go back to for truth. So because we're submitted to him, we can measure his truth against anything else we hear. So we know that we can... <laughs> that's bogus information. We know because of what Jesus says, because of how we've submitted to him. So looking back at the proverb we discussed in relating to how the early church of Acts, um, their steps were ordered through seeking Jesus, through searching for purpose, looking for a way to serve others, and for trying to find love. God has always has a way to bring us back to him. He wants a part of our human nature and programming to be drawn towards the Father. So here in Ephesians, we're reading about the body and unity. And we're describing um, that under the control of the Son, Jesus is the head. I went too far. The head. This guy. So it's just that very strange, funny picture is a reminder for me that I need to be in submission. That I need to constantly bring myself back under the head that it is a response of obedience so have you ever been to church and noticed that uh, the prayer that was said before welcome just like really matched up to you know what worship kind of conveyed and and then worship just like really kind of energized the message and really made it stick you know, so that is another illustration of how the body works together. The body is complementary. So when that happened, 
when that thing stuck out and that continuity was established, you know, God was teaching you. He was speaking to you. And he was shaping and maturing you. I've, I've heard some people that I've talked to say, like, I feel like, I feel like everything I'm hearing from God is on repeat. I just think I'm ready for something else. And <laughs> as I talked to them, like, okay, let's, let's talk about that. Like, you know, why do you think you're ready for something else? And like, I just, you know, I'm hearing the same word over and over again. Like, there might be a reason for that. You know, what are you doing about that word? How are you walking that out? So if, if you're hearing God loves you over and over and over again here at this church, and you're like, I'm ready for something else. Is there something he's saying to you? If you're saying, submit to God, submit to his ways, don't rely on your understanding and what you're being heard, maybe there's something to that. So if you think that every detail is planned and orchestrated in this body, in not just this body, I'd say the body in collection, um, you're about 95% right, wrong. I did my R wrong. Um, but we do work hard to create cohesive, cohesive services to allow God to work. But the Spirit takes those plans and makes them more effective and amplifies them. So growing up, I played baseball. And I really wanted to pitch. And I wanted to pitch fast. Surprise, I can't pitch fast. <laughs> uh, that's why I played the saxophone. Um, but, um, you know, my problem was, is that I came from the side, you know, I didn't, I wasn't coming over the top. I wasn't using my body and I wouldn't listen to my coaches. So where are we at? Are we T-Rex pitching? Do you want to throw heat? I do. I want this body to throw heat. And so, are we content even with sitting on the bench, seeing someone else struggle? Like, if, if, we're, if we're working great, and we could see how it all works together, and we see it floundering, and we're not saying anything, are we doing our part? Um, so right now, I just want you guys, uh, I want to invite you to take a moment and um, just kind of reflect on you know this this call to unity, like I talked a lot about obedience, and you know part of that is accepting that you know this is our family that we're all part of the same body, and that we have our giftings and we have you know needs that we see pop up. Are we answering that call? You know, and part of answering that call means that we're coming in to unity with one another, that we're being obedient to that call. So um, God is ordering our steps and fanning passions into our hearts. He's calling us to unity, serving as a body so we can grow into that maturity. Christ is the head of our body. So let's grow together under him in the fullness of his love, unity, and steps ordered by the master. Guys, just uh, take a few minutes of silence here and uh, just reflect.
the challenge for all of us today is, is this, is that God has placed you in this community. You're in this body for a reason. And God wants us all to be throwing heat. And if you don't understand what that means, it's basically like if you ever watch baseball and you see these guys that can pitch really fast and really accurate and they're right on point, that's throwing heat. And so in order for us to do that, in order for us as a community, uh, in order for us as Desperation Church to accomplish the things that God wants us to do, we've got to be throwing heat. You see, we can do a lot of little things, and that's great too. There's nothing wrong with doing a lot of little things because there's a lot of little needs out in our community. But there's a lot of people in this world who need this church to start throwing heat and making some differences in our community. I had a very passionate conversation with my wife yesterday about um, about something. And for right now, I'm not going to... It's not a, It's just not important what that is right now. But um, it made me think a, a lot about some things. About... How do we accept certain people? How do we view those that are different from us? How do we show that we love people that aren't like us? I look in the mirror and I see who I am. I know who I am. Okay, And I think all of us, we know who we are. But there's people in our own communities all around us that are different than us. And you know what? Jesus loves them just as much as he loves you. Jesus loves the pedophile as much as he loves the evangelist. But do I? Hmm. That's a tough one. We don't love the thing that the the things that people do all the time but we still have to love people because that's what God has called us to do and this church can be a church that loves every single person that walks through those doors or never walks through those doors right but in order for us to, to be that church we all are in that together and so you know our whole mission of loving God and loving one another together. That means we love everybody together. So where are we at today? Are we learning about what who, who Christ is and in that he's the leader in our lives? Do we really believe that he's the head of us and us? Or is it just yeah, yeah, I get that. I want to ask you guys to do something with me just for a second. We just all stand, and I want everybody to just kind of face the middle. So basically, what you're doing is you're you're looking at each other. Okay, so if you're up front, you kind of got to face backwards. If you're on the sides, you kind of got to face frontwards or inward. The rest of you in the back, you can just look forward. But look around you. This is the people that God has put you in this building with today. 
Okay? This is your community. And you might look over there and go, I have no idea who that dude is. Well, find out who they are. Go talk to them after church. This is the community that God wants to use to change Liberty, Missouri. In whatever way he wants to do. Okay? So we got to know each other. We got to work together. We got to become the body that God has called us to be. And I really, you know, I, I will tell you the truth. This is how I feel about Desperation Church. I think you guys are awesome. I know that Pastor Bill thinks you guys are awesome. And I do believe that this church is different than a lot of other churches that I've been in when it comes to loving one another. I really do. But I also know that there's people in this room who have been here for years and they are lonely because they don't know anybody. So if you're here and you're lonely and you've been here for years and you don't know anybody in this room, man, I'm sorry. But what we can do, that can change today, right? That can change right this minute because this is the people. These are your peeps, right? These are the people that God wants to use with you to accomplish his purposes and his plan. And so look at these folks, get to know them. If you don't know them, then go talk to them. If you're here for the first time and you're like, man, this church is weird. We are. That's okay. We accept it and we love it and we embrace it. But this, these are the people that God has called into this, this body. And he wants to add more people. And that means you need to ask your weird neighbors and your weird co-workers to come and be a part of something that God is wanting to do in this place. And we have an awesome lead pastor. Pastor Bill loves this church with his heart. Man, he, he gives it all. He does. And he's awesome. And so I love him. I love the fact that I get to, to partner with a guy who loves his people. He really does. So here's the deal. Are we dedicated to serving the Lord? Are you or am I struggling to connect with being a part of the body? It's only under the head of Christ that this body can mature and grow. And Zach talked about that. If we're not growing, it's because we're not in submission to him. We as a community or a part of the big full body of Christ need to work together to be all that God has called for us in our city. I want you to do this for a second. Would you just bow your heads for just a moment? And maybe there's someone right in front of you now. Just put your hand on their shoulder or whatever. I want to kind of embrace us together here for just a minute. And I want to pray that God will uh, continue to help this church grow in the community that he wants it to grow into. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. And I thank you, God, for this place. This is such an awesome place to come every week and to hang out and to be among some really awesome people. And Lord, I pray right now that as we, as a community of believers seeks your will for us as a church. God, that we would be completely unified in all that we do. That, Lord, we would follow you. That you would be the head of this church. And that Pastor Bill would be your mouthpiece. And that he would listen carefully to what you have in store for this place. And that he would be able to communicate those things to us and that each one of us would just be ready to to jump and to go and to be all that you've called us to be. 
Lord, I thank you for this place, and I know that you have big, big plans. But God, we're also content in doing the little things, the things that nobody else wants to do. So whatever it is, God, that you have planned for Desperation Church, um, we just want to be unified to do that together as a body, as a community, as a family. So God, we submit ourselves to you right now as a church. Lord, have your way in this place. Add as many people as you want and take out those that are supposed to be somewhere else serving a different reason or serving different purposes, God. Whatever that looks like, Lord, we submit that to you. God, we want every person that walks into these doors to be loved, to feel like they are part of the family. And if there's anybody here today, God, that, that is lonely, that feels like they don't know anybody here, God, I pray that you would just speak life into their hearts. God, if there's anybody here today that doesn't even know who you are, maybe they're here because they got dragged here. Maybe they're here because they are seeking Jesus. I pray that right now, God, that they would find you, that you would speak to their heart and you would just enter into their life and that you would become the Lord and the Savior of who they are, that they would lay down their wants and their desires and they would turn their life over to you. I pray that, God. Jesus, we trust you completely with this with this place and with the purposes that you have for us. So, God, um, I pray that the desires of your heart would be the desires of our heart. God, as we leave this place today, um, I just lift up every single person that's here. If they have a need in their life, Lord, I pray that um, you would reach out and just touch their life. And God, if there's people in this room that can help meet a need, I pray that you do that too. And so um, we just surrender to you, God. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, 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 oh,